Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the NFT Pioneers podcast. Today I have Simon with me. Uh, welcome, Simon. Thank you. Thank can you maybe so nice to be here? Can you maybe introduce yourself, what you're doing and what your career has been like? Sure. So my name is Simon Kamsky. I've been with Etihad Airways now for over eight years. Uh, marketer, been marketing for fifteen, maybe sixteen years now. So uh, generally, mainly within the tourism, aviation space, um, and transportation space. So, so that's really where um, my experience lies. Um, yeah, that's a bit of an update. I'm Maltese by nationality uh, and based in London and obviously working for Etihad Airways. Love it. Um, always the Etihad Airlines, they do a couple of billion in revenue, uh, as I saw, and you guys just released an NFT project. Can you maybe introduce the Etihad NFT project? Sure. So the, the our NFT project is really on the back of uh, the last year of thinking um, and a bit, it's kind of maybe I backtrack a little bit. It's, it's it's on the back of sort of my my interest in the Web three three space and crypto space, and and just seeing the the rise of NFTs is like how how do brands manage to get involved within this space, right? And and Web three O, and I guess over the last year we've been talking um, internally, and yeah, you know, if I look back at what we were talking about twelve months ago, it's very different to where we are now. And what actually drove the key um, characteristics of, of our NFT collection. Um, but fundamentally, we always knew that within the space of aviation, there are thousands and thousands of people in the world who are huge aviation in, in enthusiasts. They love aircraft. And we get hundreds of emails every month asking us to send them model aircraft, right? Because people have these huge model collections, which, which they love to have in their in their own room, in their study. Um, and so we thought, okay, how about if we had to take uh, the concept of a physical model aircraft, right, in 3D model, uh, to a 3D digital uh, model, right, and, and create an NFT. And we, we, we basically thought, yeah, okay, we'll, 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 build in collect, um, we'll build in scarcity, right, because we'll limit the number of pieces. We'll bring in 10 different art uh, designs which represent our 787 fleet right um, and the special designs we have on the 787 fleet so yeah so we bring in the artistic side um, and then later on in the journey we said yeah but we need two more things we need to build in utility um, ideally um, and we should also create a purpose so yeah these were the characteristics that that we 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 started off with and where sort of the journey took us to in terms of what to build into the NFT. And um, here we are today. We've launched the NFT um, last month. Um, it's been on sale now for just under three weeks. Um, we're pretty close to selling. Um, we're at 70% of the total collection. And um, we're finalizing a few more um, agreements to hopefully have a sold out collection by the end date. Got it. Uh, I always research about the project and there is always like someone in the audience that says, hey, like all these utilities, is everything is fine. But why do it with NFTs? Like, couldn't you just build the same project without NFTs? I mean, yes and no. Um, we could, but we want to start testing the technology that exists out there. And um, I think... 
you know, we never actually even thought how how could we do this without using um, blockchain, right? Uh, but we really want, we really believe that if if you can, as an aviation enthusiast, if you want to claim ownership of of an NFT, right, or of a three D digital of a three D model aircraft, then I think you know this was a no brainer for us. We needed to do this, uh, and I guess when we were we were, we were talking about what the roadmap would be for the next 12 months, right? I think we're, we like the, we just like the concept of, 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 of leveraging um, the technology that exists there to, to really redefine our loyalty program, right? To be able to get NFT holders to, to use their NFT, link their wallet to our program um if they're no longer interested in our program, sell their NFT and transfer whatever benefits they've had to the next owner without without sort of the the company, without us having anything, any say in what the individual intends to do with their NFT. So what 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 we're looking at, and, and it's such an interesting space for us because we don't know what people are going to do with their NFTs. We're thinking that there could be um, a certain behavior with the NFT, but we really don't we really don't know. So that's why it's it's for us it's it's also exploration phase, um, and we feel that if we get involved now, we will have a better understanding of where we take um, our next NFT collection to, and how we reshape our roadmap to be more in line with what our NFT holders want. Yeah. Um, to the question why NFTs, I totally agree with you. The utility that you offer to the audience becomes an asset because with NFTs, with the blockchain, when you give utilities, you have like a second market dynamics where the user can sell the NFT further to someone else if he decides to, hey, I don't want this anymore. The second point is you get royalties like as, as Etihad. If, if, if you host it on not the blockchain and the let's say Max decides to sell it, obviously you don't benefit from that and you don't get royalties. And with NFTs, there's like a huge upside when it comes to second market dynamics, as you mentioned, and the utility becomes the asset and obviously you can also create a scarcity. And I love it. Um, how long did it take to build the whole NFT project and what were the biggest problems you faced? Hmm, that's an interesting question. So I think we, we actually started to work on on um, the nft project three months ago when we started to build it um essentially it was pretty simple not pretty simple so we managed we didn't find any hurdles when we were building it um obviously we have incredibly detailed designs right from actual aircraft to be able to replicate those designs to have an almost 100 replica of what an actual 787 looks like in real life which is something that we know no company that builds a physical model can actually do right so so that was pretty pretty straightforward i think where our biggest hurdle was was actually in in um in the discussion with the with the company around do we sell this in fiat do we sell this in in a cryptocurrency and which blockchain do we use right um and and this is this is kind of where where obviously with with brands like us, it's it's very difficult to convince senior senior execs to make that move straight away and accept um, a cryptocurrency, and that's why we we sort of found this two way model whereby we could sell in fiat and and sell in US dollars, 
but then also have the opportunity to sell on another platform, different platforms in in ETH. Um, and we've seen the sales actually be, um, we also found a third channel and we wanted to build this in for our Etihad guest members where they could use their own miles through our reward shop and use their own miles to purchase an NFT. Um, but I think the biggest hurdle for us was more internal in actually convincing senior executives that you know this is the future. We strongly believe that we should try this out, right? And there is absolutely no no risks involved. Um, but there is obviously a lack of regulation, and that lack of regulation makes it much harder for for a brand and a company like us to take that leap and accept a cryptocurrency. Got it. Uh, let's talk about the NFT project a bit. What were like the exact exact steps you guys took from having the idea to launching the project? Okay, so the exact steps, I guess, were um, obviously creating creating the NFTs, designing them, um, making them in three D. Um, then we moved to uh, creating a platform where we could accept uh, payment. Um, in fiat, which wasn't easy, because um, there are a number of there are a number of payment providers that cover many jurisdictions, right, and can collect payments from many jurisdictions. But then the key jurisdictions that we were after uh, were not sort of listed in the payment providers um, list of countries where payments could be take could be processed. Uh, case in point was the. Uh, UAE. So we we really struggled to find a payment provider that covered globally um, all countries whereby we didn't set any borders and anybody from any part of the globe could actually purchase in, in fiat. Um, so then once we finalized the, the payment process um, and the marketplace, we moved obviously to, 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 to creating our Discord channels, uh, the Twitter channel, um, we created obviously our uh, landing pages, both both um, around the marketplace, but also on etia.com. Then we looked at um, how do we get this communicated to the wider world? So contacting communities, contacting influencers. Um, yeah, and then just launching the 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 project. And and yeah, that's that's where we are. So these were the key the key stages which we had over the over the three month period. Got it. How was your experience with influencers? Because I know from some projects, they hire those really big influencers. And in the end, some don't get the result they hoped for. Like, how was it with you? Like, how was your experience with the influencer in the web free space? We, we didn't want to pay any influencer. We really thought that this was an NFT project which had had merit just because of the utility we were building in. And the, it was purely genuine. We're not in this, and we explain this to the influencers that we contacted, we're not in this to just make some some revenue. In fact, there is a purpose. All revenue generated will go towards the purchase of sustainable aviation fuel. So it was more about, it was more about, um, you know, this is our project. This is what we'd like you to communicate. We think, you know, we're being humble here. We can learn from you mm -hmm. and you, you know, but, at the end of the day, if you believe that our project um, is worth sharing with your community, then we're happy to, to to work with you. And in certain cases, you know, give you, you know, the exclusivity to talk to your community before any other influencer. So we really tried to work with these relationships, uh, these these influencer relationships. I would say we didn't manage to convince any of the bigger ones because the bigger ones all want payment, um, and sometimes that 
begs the question, are you in this for, for purely for your own sort of interest? I mean, or, or, or do you really, really believe in, 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 in your role in just generating more awareness around NFTs and um, allowing brands as well as artists to really improve um, and, and evolve the NFT space? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you launched an NFT project. What would you recommend to someone in the audience that is like, hey, I want to start my own NFT project? What would you recommend to them? Hmm. I think this, it's, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting question because there are so many. Um, I think we boiled it down to four key, key elements, right? You need, to have, you need to have an interesting piece of art, right? Or you need to have a creation which is of interest to people. I personally think that, um, at least from a brand's perspective, that is fundamental. That is, that, is, that is what the collection is about. It's about, in our case, a 3D model right, of an aircraft. Um, if you don't really care about aircraft, you don't appreciate um, our, you know, aircraft designs, then it's not going to really attract, um, attract people. Secondly is scarcity. I mean, for sure, the secondary market drives people's interests at the moment, right? And I think secondary market from what we're seeing on OpenSea is even stronger than, than the desire for utility. And that, that goes with the space. There is huge speculation around, around NFTs, right? And people trying to make, to make um, a quick buck. Uh, but that's there, and we had we had to sort of ensure that our, uh, our NFT collection was scarce. Thirdly, was the utility, right? Again, in our case, was pretty simple. So immediate silver status in our Etihad guest program, and all the benefits that come with that. And again, for you to get silver status, I think you need to fly a minimum of six flights, which connect through Abu Dhabi. So you know, not not just a simple point to point flight. Um, that costs money. So obviously at $350, it was a no-brainer in our opinion. And then purpose. As brands, I think we do have this, this, um, uh, this, this role to create a purpose behind an NFT project of this nature. Now, does an individual need that same purpose? I always think that as, as a market, I believe storytelling is key. And how better to tell your story with a purpose than without a purpose? So again, I think these four characteristics are and elements are, are fundamental to any NFT project. Love it. Um, would you say that the audience of the Etihad's NFT project is more like the youth or is it like really the business persons who regularly fly with Etihad? When you say the youth, what do you mean? The youth, uh, the youth, like let's say the 18 to 23 years old guys is it more like a younger audience or is it really like the audience that flies regularly with your airline so that's really interesting we haven't really gone the sale isn't over but we've had a look at two points in the sale and we have you know we have 18 year olds who have bought the nft um but we have diamond etihad guest members these are these are members who clearly if you're at diamond status it's not bronze not silver it's not gold it's diamond Right. So it's the highest status, one of the highest status you can have. These are not young uh, millennials, right? These are these are a, uh, uh, more my age or even older than my uh, than me. So so we're looking at sort of a really wide spectrum of of of, of audiences and, and 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 NFT holders, and that's really going to make our 
our next steps really interesting because we have to look as to how our next step, which is a virtual club for all NFT holders, to really bring in benefits and utility for such a wide audience. Got it. Um, what are the best ways to advertise an NFT project or get awareness? And how did you do it for Etihad? Yeah, so I think we we've tried to use different different approaches, and I'd say um, just communities. It's so important to manage to to. I mean, if you genuinely have an NFT project which which is of interest, the best marketing for us was communities. So going to different NFT communities. Um, doing AMAs, answering questions, um, being inviting people to our Discord because I think our Discord was was really fundamental. We went, we went almost up to 10,000 members within five days um, after announcing that the NFT will will go on sale. So yeah, I think the, the, the key marketing for us is really was really the 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 work that we did with with communities, um, convincing communities that we had an interesting project that we would be happy to share with. Obviously, there was whitelisting, which we gave communities the opportunity to whitelist, um, and that was sort of the 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 exchange, the barter, the agreement to to have the opportunity to speak to community members. Um, yeah, and just collaborations. I think that that was key. That was really key for us. And then obviously the, the classic, we used influencers um, to, to get the word out. Um, we used, we used um, our, uh, you know, our own social channels. We used our own emails. We have a really strong email database um, due to Etihad Guest, right? Um, so we did reach out to our, via, via email on, to our Etihad Guest database. Yeah, those were the, those I think were the key ways for us to, to market the project. Is there a thing that didn't work Hmm. Um, it's hard to say at the moment what did work and what didn't work I would say everything has a role to play within the marketing plan um, and you can only you can you, you shouldn't really eliminate any part of communication you should try and ensure that holistically and I see this irrespective of what a company does in terms of all the campaigns that I've launched over my career the more elements you have in your plan um, the more successful is your communication. Yes, certain certain elements in your plan will be less effective than others, um, but they really all come together to to drive the success. I think you know even using the media, we did a media release. We got lots of traction, lots of articles, but how much how how much of that um, of those articles that were written actually drove sales? It's hard it's hard to say, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah, I'd say the most important for us was definitely the engagement with communities and then sort of the the, the continuous um, engagement on Discord with the with 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 um, with members who showed the interest to purchase the NFT. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, we are currently in a bear market and the flow prices are just decreasing. Do you guys have like a special strategy where you say during those market situations, we have like a special strategy that we pursue to keep the project alive or do you just don't care? Oh, absolutely. We care. I mean, part of the reason why we, why we came in with a price at $349, we knew we were in the bear market. And again, allow me to reiterate, it's not about generating revenue here. One off. This is about really understanding, um, how we can create a virtual club within our Etihad Guest program for NFT holders. What are the benefits that are different for NFT holders that um, are not available to Etihad Guest members? Uh, 
so yeah, it's it, for us. It's 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 really about ensuring that we understand and learn more, and be able to engage with the NFT holders, uh, which I think you know we're at about a thousand three hundred NFT holders. We not sure if that is total NFTs or because I know some some uh, some some people have even bought some buyers have bought two three four because one of the tactics we used was to have an algorithm where you wouldn't know which NFT you were receiving. Right, there are ten different designs. And we wanted to make sure that they were equally distributed. So we put in an algorithm where within three days after purchase, if you bought in the first two, three days, you would receive your, your NFT and not know if you got the F1787 or not know if you got the, um, I don't know, the Manchester City um, NFT. So, so I, uh, yeah, I think um, our plans are to ensure that we continue building utility and benefit. Absolutely. Got it. Um... My last three questions for you, Simon. Um, which KPIs are important when it comes to an NFT project? Okay, first and foremost, I think a KPI for us at the moment is brand awareness, right? We're reaching out to new audiences. Um, we're reaching out to to people who possibly didn't know us or hear about us. And for the reason around this NFT collection, they've decided to engage with the brand. So as a KPI, brand awareness for us is always imperative. Secondly, brand health how has that helped our brand um become a more attractive brand to this audience right it's not just about knowing us it's around it's also about being a considered brand and therefore that drives brand health and then obviously you know um learning learning for us is an understanding this new technology for us is is is, is fundamental right so can i put a kpi down to it not not really easy but what i can say is that for us Part of the debrief at the end of the session, at the end of the, uh, the closing of the collection, mm -hmm. will be what are the lessons that we've learned? What do we need to do now as a next step to continue build, making our roadmap more robust? And where 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 do we shift priority towards? Because we we really started the collection without and created the roadmap without knowing where our priorities need to be focused on. So so yes, those are I'd say the key KPIs. How are you guys measuring brand awareness? Is there like I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, how, how do you do it? Yeah, we do this through third-party um, companies. Uh, some of the most famous ones are YouGov or Ipsos. Um, and we, we ask them to do samples in core markets mm -hmm. um, and questionnaires and surveys. And that allows us to understand the penetration of that message with specific audiences. So, um, yeah, that's that's the way we do across, across um, every month, across, I think, you know, multiple markets, 15 to 20 markets, and we get an understanding of, of that brand awareness, brand health, and brand consideration. Did you see a rise in the last months? Because I'd love of the to NFT be able project? to tell you on this <laughs> podcast. It. I won't be able to because there's a delay, there's a lag of anything between six to eight weeks. So until we receive the data from the survey, until the surveys are conducted, um, so I won't be able to tell you. But I'd be happy to share that data with you uh, when we receive that. I know our time is limited, so my last question for you. Let's say someone in the audience uh, who wants to start an NFT project and obviously always choosing the right blockchain is always like a question that it's really important. Uh, what would you say? Like, how can someone in the audience choose a blockchain that suits perfectly their NFT project? So I think our our decision to use Polygon was really driven by our sustainability credentials. So anybody who follows us as a brand knows how important um, sustainability is for sustainability is for for us as a brand. And therefore, we had to take a decision really based on this pillar of our brand. So out there, which is the most sustainable um, 
blockchain that we can use, right? Which is the greenest. And for us, it was kind of, this is our option, Polygon. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it the best blockchain out there for, for, from a sustainability perspective? No. Is it the best option for us in terms of blockchains that can manage 3D NFTs? Yes. Uh, there was, you know, we, we, we considered Solana, but Solana was still in a beta phase in terms of 3D NFTs, so we couldn't use Solana. Um, we obviously eliminated Ethereum because, you know, the merge hasn't happened yet. Um, but I don't know which, which um, option we would have chosen if Solana did accept and did allow us to use 3D um, and our 3D NFTs and, and, and place them on, on, their, on their blockchain. And if ETH had moved into a proof of proof of stake um, uh, through the merge, so again at that point in time, Polygon made the right made sense to us. Love it. Um, I always say there is there is always like three aspects you have to answer when it comes to choosing a blockchain. Uh, the questions are like transaction speed, transaction cost, and consensus me mechanism. Like if you answer those questions, which one of the, like let's say you want a high transaction speed. And low transaction cost with a, like a sustainable uh, consensus mechanism, like a sustainable blockchain. Then obviously you go with you go with Polygon and Solana. But if you say, hey, we need to market our project to the larger um, scale, to the larger larger audience, then of course you go with Ethereum. Um, yeah, that's it for today's podcast, Simon. It was really nice having you. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure being here.